In this episode of Investors and Operators, we chat with Caroline Young. Caroline, what is the name of the new firm? And I'm super excited to get this story out there. Craftsbury Consulting is the name of the firm. Uh, founded about a year and a half ago. I'll tell you real quick where the name came from, so you might remember it. There's actually a little town in Vermont called Craftsbury, and my dad, he was a teacher. He taught um, pretty much my whole upbringing. And he decided he was in his mid-50s, and he decided that he wanted another chapter. So he went back to school, uh, went to Union Theological Seminary, and um, also went to Columbia. He got master's in social work. He moved to Craftsbury, Vermont, and he had a little church, and he was a counselor. And I was so proud of him for having the guts midlife to forge a new path. And um, so it's a calling out to thinking about your path and following it. There we go. So what what is this new path and what is Craftsbury? So this new path, so I've, I spent, this is my third chapter. My first was nine years of litigation, Lord help me. My second was, <laughs> which was nine years of living outside my comfort zone. Uh, the, my second chapter was 20 years in private equity which I loved. My gosh, I learned so much. Loved working on the management teams. Um, but I decided uh, after 20 years of being the only woman in the room that I wanted to do something to really help support women out there, to be that role model, to help firms in their efforts to retain and promote their women. I think um, there's a funnel issue, but more important than the funnel issue is the retention issue. So Craftsbury is all about helping firms in that in their efforts to to keep and promote their women. And I'm doing one-on-one coaching um, with women and men. I have several men I'm working with now. And I'm doing workshops and I'm doing a retreat coming up with senior MA women. And I'm I'm loving all of it. What what are some of the first things that you talk about? in the beginning meetings or even before you actually start a project, what is, um, what are kind of some of the common threads of the engagements and, you know, the relationships that you're developing and working on? Yeah. So the way I structure it, I I do an introductory, if I do a one-on-one engagement, I do an introductory call. And then a really important part is I meet with the supervisors um, or coworkers because I think you have to go at it from both directions. Um, if we're really going to make a difference, you have to help managers in terms of giving really good feedback, in terms of sometimes stepping back and, and looking at talent from a broader perspective. You know, if you're a guy and you've only ever worked with guys on your team, um, you may look at success through a narrower prism. You know, I had this one guy, he was he, I was interviewing him on his, uh, a VP, and he's like, oh, she's so smart. She's so organized. Um, she gets more out of our management teams than anybody. She just needs to be more assertive. And I was like, you know, um, success might look a little bit different from her than all you white male fraternity guys, which is what he just said were affirmed. And he was like, you know, I might learn more from this engagement than she does. And I was like, this light bulb went on. He was like, and he, you know, he he looked at her a little differently, but he was right. She needed to step up. She needed to speak up. She needed to, you know, let go of the details. Like we were just talking about, sometimes you get so wrapped into execution, 
you're not lifting up your head and thinking about strategy and being that thought partner. So she had to let go a little and speak up more, but he had to realize she was going to do it in a little bit different way. And if I can help managers see things a little bit differently and really get them going on giving feedback, because feedback's hard, especially, you know, if you have, you don't have very many women on the team, you want to be careful, you don't, you know, you're, being a little bit, maybe walking on eggshells a little bit more. I get that. I understand why, but you're not helping her if you're not giving her the feedback she needs. Can can we talk about how to give good feedback and how to give bad feedback? Well, to say like you suck, that would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or to say, oh, you're great. Do your, everything you're doing is perfect. That's bad too. Um, you know, it's funny. I gave a workshop the other day and we were talking about this feedback and the importance of it and the importance of seeking it. And this gal goes, well, you know, we had this consultant come in and they told us we have to give six pieces of positive feedback for every negative one. I'm like, that is ridiculous. I mean, you're going to lose the message, you know, be, be clear. You can be kind, really being clear is to be kind. Like you don't, um, you don't have to fluff it up, but you have to be direct. And mm-hmm. I think the most important thing on feedback is for the person to feel safe. Like I am doing this to help you. I want to see you succeed. I, you know, I see a path for you and let's talk about what you need to accomplish to get to that path. So be clear on your feedback of what needs to happen, what they need to achieve, what's kind of getting in the way, what they're really good at and sort of setting goals to leverage those strengths and really address what's kind of getting in the way. And I think most times when people give feedback, they're, they're better at the positives than here's a few things for you to think about and, um, and really about promotion and what that means. How do you think about the sequence of feedback? Do you believe in a feedback sandwich or do you like positive, negative, positive? Also, is there feedback that is dependent on the recipient? You know, to this person, same piece of feedback could be could sound this way, and to that person could sound completely different. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like when I do when I do my first session on these one-on-ones, you know, I tell my story, they tell their story, and then I have them tell me their strengths and then tell me what's getting in the way. And then I give them the feedback that I've collected through the 360. And I think the reason they hear it so well is they know I am just all about making them successful. I just, I want them to excel. And so they're really open to it. And we talk about in front at the front end, the importance of feedback and you know, there's this great book called Crucial Conversations. There's a whole chapter on, on accepting, hearing bad feedback. And they've got this, it, it's a beautiful way to describe it. They say, don't, don't give up your pen. So take it as information, but it's not defining who you are. You know, you define who you are. So take this feedback, take the information, kind of sort through it, figure out how you can do it better. But if you are, if you're taking it from a safe space where you aren't getting defensive and personal, they're going to be better about giving the feedback and you're going to be able to hear it and take it in much better. What are, um, in terms of hiring and retaining 
women in the M&A industry, private equity industry, what do you find after decades of being in the industry are some of the common threads on why people either do not enter or decide not to stay? Yeah, I I think there's a couple things. Um, One is providing support at that all-important juncture where you go from project management to higher-level strategy business development, bringing in deals, bringing in um, like if you're investment banking, you gotta, you gotta get up to that level where you've got your expertise and people are looking to you and you're, you're bringing in deals. And that's a, if, especially if you're the only woman in the room or, or one of the few, you know, that's, and they're all out golfing or doing their own thing in, you know, a bunch of guys going out. It's tough. It's, it's hard. And you have to, you know, as a firm, su- support those women on how to break through and, and go to that higher level. And some firms are a little bit more thoughtful about it, I think, than others. I think that training and that support and that coaching can make all the difference. And if you can help make it feel more inclusive, um, that's great. It, I must say it can be kind of exhausting after years and years of being the only woman in the room. I love guys. I'm married to one. I got a son, I've got brothers, and, you know, I was used to being the only woman in the room, and it didn't really bother me, but it, it takes more energy, and I think you got to understand that. Right. There's, it's it, almost like being a only woman in the room of the few, you feel like there are two choices. Do you join them and be, be like a man, or do you not join them and not be included? So creating that sort of support I think it's important, but more importantly, how? How well, to course, you, yeah. You're not going to say, hey, client, we're going to go to the spa today. <laughs> right? So what but I think, of- you, I think there's a third path. Mm-hmm. I, think you, I, think that, I think that's a false choice. I think you can, you can walk in that room and enable people to be who they are. Um, and support that. I mean, obviously, if if they're being dicks, I'm sorry. If they're being true. <laughs> hey, it's your company. You can say whatever you want. Then, you know, you got to guide them in a little bit. But you can joke around and you can let them be them and you be you. Like, I used to, at the end of a deal, we'd close and I'd send them homemade chocolate chip cookies. Like, that's not. And that would stick out. And I would try and when I walk into a room, bring that positive connective energy that was comfortable for me. And I think that's why I was so successful because I made people feel, you know, happy. I'd spread my joy and try and uh, be there in a good way and ask good questions and be thoughtful, but not, um, not make them change for me and not me change for them. Because I think if you're not kind of being yourself, it's like you're, there's nobody to connect to if you're not being yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like how I deal with Jordan. I'm not <laughs> trying to change him. Lord <laughs> uh, help you if you try and do that. <laughs> Can't do that. Can't do that. It's Ten plus idea. year in my life. Cannot change a man. So. <laughs> I, I think that I really appreciate this guidance because so much, especially when you are running a company and you have 
50 things that you're thinking through in a given minute, it's easy to be so focused on finding something, move on, finding something, move on, as opposed to pausing a little bit and having the empathy of where, of creating a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so critical. You know, when we think back to some of the books that we read, like Radical Candor or, um, or the Netflix culture deck or the stuff like that was the culture code by Dan Coyle. I love that book. But one of the key takeaways is of high performing teams is a culture of safety Mm -hmm. and making sure that we can create a comfortable environment where we can grow, but also provide to your point, clarity and being direct Mm -hmm. on something with a mindset of improvement and a mindset of helping. And also what I gathered from your comment, Caroline, is that be genuinely care, uh, genuinely care about somebody. Yeah. You are providing feedback or when you're interacting that, you know, automatically just put you out there to be more thoughtful. Care, challenge directly, but care personally. Yeah, it's really funny. I, I had a session the other day. She said, you know, I, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to be empathetic. And I, I was like, empathy doesn't take time. It's, it's a frame of mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take any more time. Maybe it takes five seconds. Hey, how you doing? Or, or I understand where you're coming from. You know, it's, it's just a way of connecting and how you, how you are there. Just a look, how you're looking at them versus, um, you don't have to go out to dinner or, you know, it's just be kind, you know, be there. That is my thought for the day. Empathy does not take time. It's a frame of mind. Yes, I love yeah. that. Love it. I appreciate you taking the time for this and looking forward to doing a part two in the near future. Awesome. All right. Great, great to see you guys. <laughs>